Wow, that, that, was, that was beautiful right there. Gosh, that was, uh, that was marvelous. Mellifluous. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good right there. And all the men in your family are so tall. Gosh. Uh, good morning, brothers and sisters. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the house of the Lord. Make his paths straight. You know, as I was uh, reading a little bit this week, I uh, came to the realization that the God that we serve is smart. He's pretty sharp, uh, the God that we serve. Your God is the kind that plans ahead, sort of sees the, the world, I guess, as a the big chessboard. He plans. He can see a few moves uh, ahead of things. He, you know, he looks ahead. You know, he has blessings in store for each one of us against the day that they become necessary. He has a blessing in store for you, and he offers it to you in a sense of a promise. He says, "Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled with the Holy Ghost." So it is with us this morning. As we hunger and thirst after righteousness, uh, we will be filled with the the Holy Ghost this morning. And uh, I would pray, I would ask that uh, each of you now would silently uh, pray to your God on behalf of our brother Tom as he breaks the the bread of life this morning. For uh, scripture reading, I'll read to you from uh, uh, Paul's letter to the, the church at Philippi. From uh, Philippians in the fourth chapter here, he writes, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And that is true. Arrest your heart. It says where your, uh, you know, where your heart is, uh, where your treasure is there, your heart will be there also. And so these are good words from our brother Paul. Uh, think on the things that are beautiful. Think on the things of virtue. Would you please rise and sing with me now hymn number, hymn number 129, God, the source of light and beauty, hymn number 129, after which we'll have our opening prayer of our brother Steve Brindle.
Father who art in heaven, we thank you so much that we're here today, that was that's our desire to be here and to love you and to worship you and pray that your spirit might attend this service and touch each and every person here and help us have a renewed desire to serve you and renewed hope in your kingdom. We pray to bless Brother Tom and his efforts today and the message he has to bring and pray that your spirit will guide and direct him in those things he's, he's brought for us. We thank you for all things. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. me now that we might have prayer. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, hallowed and sacred is thy name. I pray to thee, Father, knowing that thou art the Father of lights and the giver of, of the good gifts and that all blessings flow from thee. And so I pray thee, Father, that as we return uh, thy gift to this church and as these monies are dispersed, that they would be blessed in so doing, that they would be for the uh, uh, seeking to, to build up the kingdom of uh, our God. I pray, Father, that you would bless all those who do uh, place into the, the offertory and all those who would and uh, would desire to. I pray that, uh, Father, your ends and your glory would last forever. In Christ's holy name, amen. Good morning on this uh, beautiful Sunday morning that the Lord has created for us for a scripture reading. I'd like to share with you from 1 Peter 2, 6 and 7, John 15, 1 through 15, John 14, 15 through 17, and Ecclesiastes 12, 13. 
Wherefore, also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore who believe, he is precious, but unto those but unto them who are disobedient, who stumble at the word, through disobedience whereunto they are, were appointed, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are you, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned." If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept the Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that, your joy, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man this than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of these words.
appreciate that very much. Um, both songs were very beautiful, especially the first one for me um, with my subject on uh, keeping the commandments, abiding in Christ, being founded on the rock. And that's uh, what I wanted to focus on here with this morning, but to abide in Christ. And what is abiding in Christ? I know that... Um, at the reunion this last summer, Brother Jared Smith preached a sermon and said that uh, in his sermon that we don't love God enough. And I agree with him on that. And we got to become closer to loving the Lord more than we do. Um, and that's what this uh, scripture that I opened with in John 15, that uh, if we love him, we will keep his commandments. And uh, we all struggle with that to a degree following the word of the Lord, keeping his commandments. I like to read a lot of scripture, and I hope that that's not too much uh, reading when I uh, get into the scriptures. I guess I like to, as in the Book of Mormon, uh, hold fast to the rod of iron. But, um, you know, in uh, reading along with that, we have uh, the words in John, 2 John 1 through 6. Six or six through nine. I can find that momentarily here. He says, And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have brought, but that receive a full reward. And whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. Now what he just said there is pretty plain. Those that abide in the doctrine of Christ hath God, and those that don't. They, they don't know the Lord. Just as I read in Peter that it, they uh, stumble at the truth, the rock of Jesus Christ. It's an offense to them. And, of course, we can see that definitely in our world today. Uh, our society is falling in unbelief rather quickly. Uh, we're deteriorating. You can see times in the Book of Mormon. There was a period there in the Book of Mormon in Helaman where they had great prosperity in the church. Tens of thousands of people joined into the church through the gifts of the Spirit, through the power of the Holy Ghost. And then within a three years' time, many of those people had fallen away. And it was kind of a sad thing to, to see that that had happened so quickly when they had such a, an outpouring of the Spirit and such a blessing on the nation of, there in, that, in the land of Zarahemla. And so I, uh, I felt led that... Um, Throughout the week, the, talking about keeping the commandments, um, I don't want to lay a task upon you that's more than you can bear, but it, it's over and over. The Lord tells us that we need to keep his commandments and we need to be more mindful of this. Um, reading from uh, an article that uh, Dan and Shelby read here at our early morning worship a while back, we have these words. He, he calls it sins of convenience. He said, it is always more convenient to sin. This is by Evan Fry, by the way. Uh, it's always more convenient to sin than not to sin. Sinning is natural. Easy thing for man to do because of his inherently evil nature, which if allowed to run without restriction will subdue and override the good, which is also inherent in all men uh, to some degree. But doing good, being good, staying good, and planning and executing good require determined and a conscious effort. Sinning takes no resistance, no planning, no labor, no fight, only yielding to the forces of temptation or drifting along with the tide, doing nothing, being nothing, and saying nothing, just going on carelessly and lazily as we are. It is no trouble to all of us, to all, that to leave those things we should be doing. It's easy. It's no trouble at all to leave in the things we sh which should be rooted out in our lives and our nature. It's easy. It's convenient. And sins, whether be they be sins of omission or commission, are quite often 
uh, if not always, sins of convenience. Um, I really like how Evan Fry explains that. I've listened to another man from time to time who's not a member of our church. He's a Christian. But uh, he says that, and, and um, Elma refers to this in Elma 17, but he says that it's easy to do the things we should do, but it's also easy not to. And that's kind of what he's referring to here. Um, so Elma tells us in Elma 17... If you want to follow along, it's um, Elma 17:79. He says, "For behold, it is easy to give word to the give heed to the word of Christ, which will point you to a straight course of eternal bliss." And I think that's interesting that he says that because the word of God is not hard to follow. It's not difficult. It's not truthfully keeping the commandments is something the only reason we struggle with that is because of our carnal natures is contrary to the will of God we're told that in Messiah we're carnal sensual and devilish and we have been from the fall of man uh, fall of Adam and so it's easy to follow the word of God I really believe that's true what makes it hard is the society in which we live in and the pressures of the world and the things around us that uh, we struggle with that we want to, um, we have to fit in with society, but yet we have to walk the, the, the life of Christ. And set being that example, and sometimes we're a little shy to do that, to stand up for Jesus, to stand up for what we believe, to bow our head over the food when maybe we're with a bunch of people that don't believe in Christ. And Christ is calling us to, uh, one of the commandments is to confess him at all times in all places and, and, and to bear, be a witness for Christ. We don't want to cast our pearl before swine, of course. We want to be uh, careful about that, but we can always share the warning voice and the warnings of the things that are coming that uh, we see in this land. Of course, there are those who will uh, definitely, the way our society is going, but... Um, I guess you could say rend us, uh, so we have to be careful. But um, the, the gospel is easy, he, he points out here. He says, which will point us to a straight course of eternal bliss. Okay, We know that he's talking about the path to the kingdom. Um, As it was for our fathers to give heed to this compass, which would point unto them a straight course to the promised land. And, he, and, of course, he's talking about the, the you, you remember the story, when they were traveling the Nephites, they had the Liahona. And when they did what God commanded them to do, it would even tell them within the ball what they should, what they should do. It ha, would have a message for them. And as they followed that, then, and of course, as they fell away, that message would change, and there was warnings unto them as well. And he says, And now I say, is there not a type in this thing? For just as surely as the director did bring our fathers by following its course to the promised land, shall the words of Christ, if we follow their course, carry us beyond this veil of sorrow into a far better land of promise. And I like his words here. He says, O oh, my son, be not slothful because of the easiness of the way. So he, he, he knows that uh, we have a tendency to be slothful or lazy. I know that I do when it's easy. It's, you know, to uh, not do the things I should do. For so it was with our fathers, for so was it prepared for them that if they would look, they might live, even so it is with us. And so he's talking about our faith. If we would look to Christ and, uh, and the word of God, we would know um, what it is we should do. Looking at uh, section 83, I love these words. This is... Uh, a revelation to the church, to the priesthood, more, more directly to the priesthood and the, and the church. I kind of set them in reverse order. But I love these words um, from Joseph Smith. He, uh, in 7a, he says, Now I give unto you a commandment to be aware concerning yourselves, to give diligent heed to the words of eternal life. Um, for you shall live by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. 
He's pretty direct there that we should follow the words of Christ and the words of God. And he says, For the word of the Lord is truth, and whatsoever is truth is light, and whatsoever is light is spirit, even the spirit of Jesus Christ. And the spirit giveth light to every man that cometh into the world, and the spirit enlighteneth every man through the world that hearkeneth to the voice of that spirit. And so he's telling us that the words of Christ, which we have within all three books, we have many revelations, we have many scriptures that point to Jesus, that point to the kingdom of God. And, uh, and I could continue on here. He says, And everyone that hearkeneth to the voice of this Spirit cometh unto God, even the Father. And so those who hearken unto this voice cometh unto God. And, and I like is what he says. We can read all the way through, but I don't want to read all of it. I just want to jump down to verse 9a. He says, Verily, verily, I send to you who now have my words, which is my voice. So he's saying here that these words are his voice. Well, they came from the Spirit. They came from him. And they're written for us. And when we keep the commandments and we exercise our faith on Christ, as, we're, as it talks about in the Book of Mormon, that we come to understand and recognize, start to become where we can recognize his voice when he does speak to us. Whether it be through a still small voice or an audible voice, we know that um, there are many voices in the world and even what I just read here in uh, John where he says there are many of the Antichrist out there in the world, we hear those voices all the time, that Christ doesn't exist, that you shouldn't believe in the gospel, uh, just in various ways. Those are the voices of the Antichrist where he's, he's trying to tell us if we live close to the commandments of God and we follow them, our chances of being deceived are much, much decreased because we know his voice that... If I um, go back up here in verse 7h, he says, uh, And whoso receiveth not my voice is not acquainted with my voice and is not of me. And so that kind of tells us as well that we have to be more acquainted with his voice. We have to, uh, when we keep the commandments, we start to become in tune more with the voice of God, more with his, because we're following his will. We're, recognizing and hearing his voice and we're starting to, his words are his voice if you look at second uh, nephi 14 wrong book 144 we have very similar language um, four through six he says wherefore i said unto you Feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. And so when you think of a feast, you know, we're going to have potluck here today. But um, I guess you could term that a feast. But uh, I, would re- I would imagine more of a feast being just filled, a room filled with food. And uh, you can have whatever you want. Good, healthy food, not, not bad food. Um, but feast upon the words of Christ. And that's how we could compare uh, what, what he's saying here. For behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. So if you want to know the Lord's will for you in your life, if you want to know what the Lord has in mind for you, the Lord here is telling us if we keep his commandments, it shows that if we don't know that, that we're maybe a little slack in keeping the commandments. Myself included, um, that we maybe need to become better at this. Wherefore, now after I have spoken these words, if ye cannot understand them, if ye will, it will be because ye ask not, neither do ye knock. Wherefore, ye are not brought into the light, but must perish in the dark. And then he says, For behold, in other words, I was listening to an Oscar Case sermon here, oh, about three, three months back, and he says, he he used he he referred to the word behold as get your eyes open and i thought that was kind of interesting open your eyes behold again i say unto you that if you will enter in by the way and receive the holy ghost it will show unto you all things what you should do and this agrees with what uh, it just said for behold this is the doctrine of christ and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself in the flesh and so here, we, if we want it, like I say, if we want to know the Lord's will, we have to uh, abide in Christ. We have to abide in His words. 
We have to learn to place our lives in perfect harmony with the commandments of God. And there were those that did this. Uh, Elizabeth, John's wife, and there's many others that you could probably cite and recognize from the scriptures. Look at Brother or Nephi, all that, that he went through from his brothers and his family. As they journeyed across the sea, he, was, uh, he had conflict with his brothers. They tied him up. The Lord allowed him through to break the bands that he was tied with. He was tied to the mast of a ship. They were constantly accusing him of trying to over be the leader of the family. They uh, threatened to kill him. And he struggled with all these uh, things that he was faced with. But he murmured not once. It says that in the scriptures that he never murmured. He never complained. And he kept the commandments and he was firm and steadfast. There was even a, a point there, if you look at the... The story where they Nephi broke his bow and uh, the, his brothers were complaining against him because of that and they were angry because of he broke his bow and Nephi never complained. And, and there's an instance with, with the Leahona where even Lehi had a moment of weakness where even he complained um, about their circumstances and, and the trials that they were under. And Nephi remained steadfast and so I consider Nephi one that became perfected in Christ, one that um, knew his Lord's will, and he, uh, he didn't dwell in the problem. They talk about that in today in, in society, that you either are part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Well, Nephi was part of the solution. He didn't, he didn't live in the problem. He, uh, he found the solution, and that was going to the Lord. That was looking upon the Leahona, and the Lord gave him direction um, where they should go to find food. We can uh, look at um, the way that his brothers responded um, in Second Nephi. Uh, four, or sorry, First Nephi four seven through thirteen, and then uh, also along with that five ninety seven through one hundred two. He says, and it came to pass that after I had received, this is Nephi after he, the, he heard um, Lehi expound on the, the vision and, and that Lehi had about coming to the promised land and, and all the, uh, you know, Lehi was considered a visionary man. Um, and it says, and it came to pass that I had received my strength and I spake unto my brethren desiring to know of them the cause of their disputations. As his brothers were disputating about the words which Lehi gave, and they they uh, they didn't understand, and he says, and and they said, behold, we cannot understand the words which our father Lehi, which our father has spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree, and also concerning the Gentiles. And I said unto them, Have ye inquired of the Lord? Now I think this is interesting. Nephi asked them, Have ye inquired of the Lord? And what is their their response? He says. And they said unto me, we have not. So they haven't even asked. They weren't studying. They weren't trying to search out the Lord. They hadn't even asked. And Nephi asked them, have you inquired of the Lord? And we have not. And then I think their answer after that is, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. Well, how can he make anything known unto them if they haven't even asked? And that's what Nephi, and he points out here, he says, behold, I said unto them, how is it that you do not keep the commandments of the Lord? And so here, I use this as an example to show that if they're not keeping the commandments of the Lord, how can they hear the voice of the Lord? How can they know His voice? And uh, he says, How is it that you will perish because of the hardness of your hearts? Do you not remember the things the Lord said, If you will heart, not harden your hearts, and ask me in faith, believing that ye shall receive with diligence in keeping my commandments, Surely these things shall be made known unto you. And so Nephi gives us a little bit of insight there uh, into what they were, how they were thinking. And, and then um, also looking at First um, Nephi chapter 5, we have another indication of what their thought process was and how they felt about uh, following the Lord. And, and uh, it says here in 97 through 102, Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness 
which time we might have enjoyed our possessions and land of our inheritance. Yea, we might have been happy. And we, we know that the people who were in the land of Jerusalem were a righteous people. For they kept the statutes and judgments of the Lord and all his commandments according to the law of Moses. Wherefore, we know that they are a righteous people. These were the words of Nephi's brethren to him because they didn't want to follow the commandments. They felt like they were fine, that nothing was wrong. Why did we leave our, the land of our inheritance? Why did we leave our possessions behind? Why have we, you know, and for some reason they just could not understand because they didn't want to follow the commandments of God. They didn't exercise faith as their brother did. Um, and so they were fighting against Nephi continually. One thing um, that has also been prominent in my mind is we as a people need to uh, remember, as, as I read, that we need to love God. It says in uh, the end of the Book of Mormon, love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our might, and with all our strength. Um, it's interesting to me that the Book of Mormon finishes with these scriptures. It says, Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness. So first it's to deny ourselves of sin. He says, And love God with all your might, mind, and strength. Then is his grace sufficient for you. Um, that scripture does sound familiar, doesn't it? What is the first great commandment? We're commanded to love the Lord our God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength. And it's in that verse as, he, as the Book of Mormon closes out. Well, our brother, uh, our King Benjamin has some words of advice for us. Um, and I've seen this in, in my lifetime where there's a lot of uh, people out there that are very good, good people and they're good Christians. But sometimes we can be careful. We've got to be careful that we don't miss the mark. And that's what the mark is to believe in Christ and to follow him. And as it says, you know, can, uh, in Nephi, can we follow the Lord Jesus, say we're willing to keep his commandments? And if you look at um, Mosiah 1, 52 through 55, We have these words, it says, I say unto you, my brethren, that if ye should render all thanks and praise your whole soul, have power to possess to that God who has created you and has kept and preserved you and has caused that ye should rejoice and has granted that ye should live in peace one with another, I say unto you that if ye should serve him who has created you from beginning and are preserving you from day to day by lending you breath, that you may live and move and do according to your own will, even supporting you from moment to moment. I say that if you should serve him with all your whole soul, yet you would be unprofitable servants. And behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he has promised that if he would keep his commandments, you should prosper in the land. Now notice here the wording that if you should render your entire life to the service of God, and there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Paul said that. Give your sacrifices, your life as your reasonable service. But as um, you would read farther in that chapter, I was going to get that and read it, but he talks about loving God. King Benjamin here doesn't say anything about loving God. He just says serving God. The scripture in the end of the Book of Mormon says, Love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your mind, and all your strength. Where this only mentions serving God. And, and the difference is if we love God, we will keep His commandments. We can tend to kind of get into a situation where we believe we're serving the Lord and we're doing all these wonderful things. But if we're not doing it because we love Him, then we're, we fall short. We miss the mark. And uh, so that's one of the things I wanted to share with you that the Lord was, it's kind of interesting from Jeff's sermon when I was here and Tony's, it, it just seemed like this was in line with the message that I was to, uh, con to give with their, their sermons, which I enjoyed very much being a, being a participant here and hearing the Word of God. Um, and then finally, we have this sacrament from uh, month to month 
And, well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let me, uh, if you would turn with me to Alma 19, um, or sorry, Alma 16. Alma 16, the words of Alma and Amalek to the uh, Zoramites who were thrust out of the uh, land and out of their temples. And, and he's talking to them about prayer. And in 2.19 he says, Yea, humble yourselves and continue in prayer. Cry unto him when you're in your fields, yea, over the flocks. Cry unto him in your houses, yea, over all your household, both morning, midday, and evening. Yea, unto, cry unto him against the power of your enemies. Cry unto him against the devil who is the enemy of all righteousness. And he's talking about prayer here under these, under these uh, group of people that he's sharing this with. And he says, and this is not all when you... And down in um, 2.24, he says, I say unto you, um, or 2.23, And behold, my brethren, I say unto you, do not suppose that this is all. For after ye have done all these things, if ye turn away the needy and the naked, and visit not the sick and afflicted and a part of your substance, if ye have to those who stand in need, I say unto you that if ye do these things, behold, your prayer is vain, and availeth you nothing. And in year as hypocrites who deny the faith. And so what... Alma's talking about here is we can pray with sincerity of heart and we are called to do that. We need to call upon the Lord in sincerity of heart. But there must be action behind those prayers in our life which by following the commandments of God. We must, um, Moroni talks about that in um, Moroni chapter 7 that in four, he says, seven four, he says, and now, my brethren, I judge these things of you because of your peaceable walk with the children of men. For I remember the word of God, which saith, By their works ye shall know them. For if their works are good, then, then they are good also. For God said, A man being evil cannot do that which is good. For if he offereth a gift or prayeth unto God, except he shall do it with real intent, it profit him nothing. And part of that real intent is your heart being in the right place. But if your heart is truly in the right place, you'll remember that our duty is to follow and, and keep the commandments of God. And that, uh, that's one of the part, part of that is that um, it's, to me it's kind of like the, uh, some of the belief out there among Protestant Christians that you just believe in Christ, you're saved. And that's partially true, but there's more to it than that. You have to live the life that Christ let lived. You have to follow after him, His example, um, and um, and so that's what this is. Uh, what I'm getting to with this is that we we can't. Uh, there's a man by the name of Jim Rowe, and I, met, I referred to him already. Uh, people out there were going through these affirmations, you know affirmations and, and uh, no action behind them. And Jim Rohn says, affirmations without action is delusion. Prayer without the, the works that God, Christ tells us to do is, is empty. And so that's what Elma's telling us here about prayer, that you can do all these things and you can render your whole soul unto the service of God, but if you don't keep the commandments, it doesn't avail you much of anything. And that's what makes us the, the true followers of Christ. Uh, as we look in Moroni chapter 7, um, I'll close with that. But uh, these wonderful words, of course, he goes through faith, he goes through repentance, he talks about baptism, he talks about how angels minister unto the children of men, and then he finishes with, And again, behold, I say unto you that you cannot have faith, hope, save you shall be meek and lowly in heart, if so, faith and hope are vain, for none are acceptable before God, save the meek and lowly in heart. And if a man be meek and lowly in heart, and confess by the power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus is the Christ, he must needs have charity, for if he have not charity, he is nothing. Wherefore, he must needs have charity. And these words were very similar to abiding in Christ when we talked about that. If we don't abide in the vine, then we are nothing. Um, and then it says, uh, Wherefore, cleave unto charity, which is the greatest of all, in verse 52, for all things must fail, but charity is the pure love of Christ, and endureth forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with them. And I feel, brothers and sisters, that that's that gift to the Holy Ghost that's given unto us, 
when we make that covenant with the Lord, that characters of of the Spirit become our part of our character. Um, he says, "Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all energy of heart that you may be filled with this love, which He has bestowed upon all who are true followers of His Son Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons of God. That when He shall appear." We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope that we may be purified, even as he is pure. Amen. Our kind and loving Heavenly Father, we come before you now at the end of this service with thankful hearts as little children. For we have heard your words spoken as though from the dust.
We have feasted upon those words. And we pray, Father, that as we leave this place, by the power of those words and by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would go before us and prepare the way that we might truly become my people, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And as we have feasted upon your words, Father, we now prepare ourselves to partake of a feast of food prepared by loving hands. We would ask that you would smile down and grant a blessing upon those hands and upon the food. that it would nourish and strengthen our bodies, that it would give us the strength to always be found doing thy will, that soon thy kingdom might come here upon the earth. And this we pray in the sweet and sacred name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.